my god hi so i just realized that this is going to be my 14th episode and i am so excited and i'm so happy with where this is going i don't know where this is going but it's going somewhere and it's just going and that's what's important right so can you believe that the first month of 2021 is over i realized that when i was flipping my calendar page and i was like can time just please chill I mean I know it doesn't stop for anyone but it can at least pick a speed. Anyway so this week I've called over a friend I'm having a lot of trouble introducing. Because she's so many things but then she's so much more than those things too. We met in Bangalore and please don't roll your eyes but yes I met her at Ogilvy as well. I'm sure you see a pattern here. Hmm. So the friend I'm talking about is Abira. How do I even talk about this girl? She's this fun, vivacious, amazing, loud person, but then deep within she has the softest heart. She has her own business, she works as a consultant, she's had a bunch of cool jobs, but most importantly, she's so kind and so loving. And that's what I love about her. From the day we met back in March 2015 to today, she continues to surprise me with her capacity to give. So it's no surprise that in our episode today, we talk about love. So grab a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you drink and come join us. Let's talk about love. Okay, so the last time I spoke to you, you were I don't know, like flitting from Bombay to Bangalore to somewhere, some organic farm, and now you are somehow in Milan. How are things with you? What's happening in your life? Oh my God! Yes, so I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, so when we last spoke, I remember I was in Gorobatan. Uh, I was in Petrico, which is like a permaculture farm where I've been like I I don't know like six years ago and. Uh, I just really wanted to get out of home where I was quarantining for like a very long time, and so I went there. And um, so Tatha, my partner, is in Milan. Uh, he is studying, and I, I mean, yeah, it was a process of taking this decision that I'm gonna come to Milan and see him, and you know, spend some time with him, which we have not. So yeah. decided to come to Milan. <laughs> every like abira every time i've talked to you you have been up to something new like you you've launched a, a a company and you have worked as a consultant you worked at facebook but if you had to filter maybe the last 10 years of your life down right what would you say has has been the biggest realization for you mm, very interesting question I think the new things happen because I get bored too often. <laughs> there's there's no big deal about it. I just do things to keep myself entertained mostly. I think one few parts has been that how important the people in my life are to me. Hmm. How crucial they are to uh to help me grow, live and uh, feel happy or feel even alive honestly. 
it's not just my family who make up these people but it's also these amazing set of friends i have so those people and finding their importance in my life i think that has been the biggest um stand out for me which brings me to our topic actually yeah let's talk about love absolutely okay so i mean i would like to discuss love in all its forms right because god knows how much has been written about romantic love and it's just oh all God. over our movies and music and everything but i would like to start with the most basic form of love that we receive as as kids so do you feel like you were loved when you were growing up as a child a very simple answer would be yes Uh, hmm. but that would severely undermine the complexities of a child brain i did feel loved yes absolutely but i also felt this pressure of reciprocating and expressing the love in the way and format that i was taught to express because i was i felt too tiny and too small to do anything that out of my capacity uh i was also a sibling a younger child so i mostly followed the lead of my elder uh, sibling uh, yeah. who played a very influential role in my life honestly okay interesting i guess what why i'm asking you this is because i've been having conversations with other people where we've all kind of talked about how indian parents don't really know how to how to be emotionally invested in their kids lives i mean at least in my family I don't think my parents were very emotionally uh, connected with me. I feel like I always kind of wanted more love and attention throughout my life. This happens even now. I mean as a grown up and we just have learned better to navigate these feelings. Uh, Indian parents, I don't know about Indian parents honestly. I think it could also be a generational thing or it could also be like individual backgrounds i i know a lot of friends but of course very from very privileged backgrounds and we of course are also from very privileged backgrounds yeah. and that no matter how much we understand each other and how much we grow old there will be this point where we just do not get each other uh, the, the you know the monopoly of parents usually take over and tell me if you feel this as well because i certainly do do you still look for approval from your parents Hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, I become very a very soft and validation seeking person, especially from my family, because I don't know for what reason. Maybe because of a younger child syndrome, or just because I feel like I I want more validation yeah. from them. Is <laughs> yeah. you you start? Uh, it's almost like you start playing a role uh, at home. Like for me, I have always been the peace uh, peacemaker, or maybe the joker. and i slip i slip into that role again and i i become this this joker of a person or i'll you know again try to do things to make my parents happy so that they they see that i'm doing stuff and then they acknowledge it and recognize it <laughs> this is so interesting that you mentioned so you know when i was back at home i did have some struggles okay and especially some of these some events which were specifically traumatizing to me as a child that they just resurfaced and of course we have moved on way beyond it uh, but i was just talking about it to my therapist and she mentioned something so similar to this that when we go back to to our homes to our families especially we do have these roles almost like you know these places in in a ludo set for example you have your greenhouse the yellow house you typically you have the set of positions where you are supposed to you know start from or even a place of chess 
yeah. so what happens is you you take this role and if you do not move away from this role you'll feel frustrated as a person because you have become someone else altogether or mm-hmm. maybe you are someone else altogether i have i experience this every time i go home this sort of dichotomy in my personality where i am a completely different individual as a woman and when i go home I, i'm that 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 child again and it's like it's so difficult to come out of it and then yeah. confront your parents so so what i ended up doing is i just started telling them right then and there what is making me uncomfortable and if it is it is it is up to them to understand it digest it ask questions because it is not only my responsibility to carry the feeling that i have which is created by both of us right so yeah. if they don't understand it fair i can try and explain but i i decided to be confrontational i decided to tell them that this is not if this word is making me uncomfortable do not say this word if this action is making me uncomfortable maybe try it if not exactly maybe try do accommodating some change to it which will make me less uncomfortable you know but, but yeah. you know i mean what you're saying makes so much sense man and i don't think of yeah. myself as a second child anymore i think of myself mm-hmm. as a completely different person with a different per- personality and mm-hmm. i have so much something else to offer which makes yes. the diversity in our family so much more interesting that gave me so much peace and that made me feel so good about myself that i don't have to li- i don't have to live my life thinking oh middle child syndrome ha 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 i don't want to think of myself like that this i'm just not person. yeah this is not it this is not the identity and this is this is almost like restricting it is not only restricting it's it, it is almost like a handicap where you're not allowing yeah. yourself to grow or not only myself but just having that burden is just so much Yeah. And also talking about being the second child, what is your relationship with your sister like and how has that shaped your personality? Oh my god, it's like uh, it's she has been the most important factor not only of my childhood but also of my character building. We have grown up to be very strong women, but we have our different ways of expressing strength and of exercising yeah. strength. um i wouldn't call her dominating but i would definitely call her very assertive that one person i just need to go to to clear my head and hear the truth bombs from is my sister <laughs> so but we do have our differences of course like we do have our differences with with our with a lot of things we believe in with a lot of uh, things we practice and and etc etc but i have also realized that that's the beauty of adulthood right you can choose to be two different individuals the idea of being siblings is not being one but different oh. uh, and we can be two different people and that's what makes us interesting and if i talk about my relationship with my sister it has not always been ideal we've had a lot of differences i've always looked up to her for approval and i always kind of felt like she dismissed me a lot of times and that caused a lot of pain and we kept our true feelings from each other and we fought a lot honestly but i feel like now we have reached a point where something amazing is happening i feel like we both are now realizing each other's personalities and we are like okay i see where you're coming from i respect that but this is what i feel it's 
it's sort of like wow this is what we should we should have yeah. been doing all this while like we should have been empowering each other that happens when we get the space i think i think if we get the space we see the person for who they are so we have come to this relationship which is very mature calm and seeing each other for who we are uh, empowering each other because of the space and also because of this conversations we have had i've always felt that um like i have grown a lot in terms of uh, the person i am in my family but mm-hmm. i still feel like my actual growth has mm-hmm. happened because of the people i have met outside my family Mm-hmm. So and I know you've had so many of those relationships. So what so have true. you realized with them or or how important has that been for you? So much of character gets built because of these people you meet outside of your family and uh, and how you react to them, what you learn from them, what you just choose to keep close yeah. to you, what you choose to discard. I think that was very very uh, important. Yeah somehow i feel like i'm one of those paintings right what do you call them the mosaic paintings yes uh, you're like made up of little bits of other people let's also talk about um like romantic relationships right so i know that for you and me it is also really important to have that one person right like a partner in life how have how have you been in your relationship and how has it changed you and how have how have you changed i don't know where to begin I mean okay so first i think i would just you know of course like we will talk all about that one relationship that one romantic relationship which is at the apex of things but i feel romantic relationships can be all our relationships basically yeah. all our friendships can be romantic like i think romance has been very stereotypically saved for yeah, this yeah, one yeah. solo experience you know and you just feel like why can't i really distribute it across why do i have to feel like there's only one source of romance i mean i'm not okay yeah. with that that's a lot of pressure on one person as well yeah <laughs> and it's unfair like i i also organically receive so much love and romance from lot of my friendships and i think it would be unfair to not acknowledge that i do not have any expectation in return i also feel that satisfaction of connecting with a person i don't feel um, like i have completely done justice to that time if i had an opportunity to connect but i just chose to not of course it's a very it's a very subjective thing it's not like i always am in the mood to you know engage myself but but when i do we do so yeah. now coming to one relationship i think very few people in my life whom i share like two or three friends literally like and hand count them uh, whom i share everything of my life with um, and there's only one person whom i share everything with that's what totha uh, my partner i think has been doing and i think we have been basically just like being each other being with each other has been like sharing our lives with each other it has been very effortless both of us just are there for each other and we don't even have to make any effort and that's the best thing of course there are disappointments we have had like very big fights almost like multiple breakups where <laughs> because we have been in long distance for like 7 yeah. years now so it does take a toll on things so i think 
we have basically become very comfortable with each other because we know that we're going to change i'm okay with him changing he's okay with me changing and that kind of uh, keeps us excited i think that the point you made about effortlessness right that is mm-hmm. what i felt with the vignesh also right i felt like mm-hmm. we were just letting each other be and in fact we were mm-hmm. we were giving a lot to each other we were letting mm-hmm. each other grow and you know in a lot of ways we were making each other better as well i am also in uh relationships with other people obviously not in the same way yes. but i'm very close and intimately just emotionally attached to a lot of people this actually brings me to another question that i wanted to ask you and one of them was about self love i grew up with a very low self esteem i did not think very highly of myself in any way so when i got into a relationship in my teenage years i mm-hmm. didn't know how to how to accept the love that i was being given because i didn't sort of i didn't believe it it's so funny that we don't love ourselves but we expect another person to love us when did you realize that you loved yourself and how did you realize it hmm. i think self love is just when you decide to prioritize yourself and the things you like around you i also feel like i have detached myself from some formulaic expectations that if you do this for them you have to feel like you want this back so tending to give more or to be able to even give not even give more is is something that has evolved with self love but talking about relationship what do you think of polyamorous relationships and would you be open to that yes absolutely in fact we have like i feel very close to that honestly i have questioned it a number of times and why is it not possible for us to exercise love for different people but 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 yeah i think it is a very viable concept and it's not about a concept it is like very very real also i mean it it was always happening that's the thing we're just acknowledging it and now we have a word for it and now there is this now people are getting more confident and making space for it thanks to the beautiful activists in our lives i mean and in this world and i i i feel that it is also something which depends on person to person uh, it's a choice uh, on what kind of uh, how much space you have to give and receive love not only love but also uh, a lot of other things that could be important to you and yeah. you might not want everything from a single person and that's absolutely fine it's it's a it's a person's choice totha and i we were in fact like exploring an open relationship a few months ago but we realized that we'll always be our primary partners at least that's how yeah. i feel right now I mean yeah this is a very healthy way of looking at it right because I mean why not question the systems that are already in place and I have I've had these conversations with people I have friends who are in uh, polyamorous relationships I don't think I myself have ever sort of reached that stage or I've had that courage and but I've always questioned monogamy because again it is a very like man made sort of a concept that we decided that that oh you should marry one person sign a legal contract raise babies and then if you so much as sniff another person 
you you're you're looked at as a cheater god like what about the word cheating the word cheating is so stupid yeah. it's black and white when in fact there are so many different layers and levels of human emotions and and behaviors and patterns and we don't look at any of that yeah i totally agree and and i feel that it's less of i think yes courage is definitely one aspect of it but i feel need is also a very important factor if you need it and if you know yeah. that bones that this i need and this i can't get from this partner you have to step out and you have to be honest about it and that's where the transparency kind of kicks in it is very very possible and it is something that everyone should really hardly consider not take the a relationship we already have for granted and b not feel like this is the only thing you have in your life and this is the only this is all that you can have in life these are such important and personal decisions like you can't i we can't we can't have like a template for this and it makes sense to you know have different kind of solutions or setups or formats to accommodate all those kinds of feelings yeah i mean you're right and you know i mean this brings me to another point i i know like one one of the reasons why i respect you so much is because you you're very vocal about the things that you believe in you talk about social issues you talk about gender based issues you you sort of you have your own activism in place right and i i really admire that is there something that we can do as individuals to spread more love activism is not a choice it is a lifestyle if we need to practice activism we need to practice what we believe in and it is not about okay if i believe in sustainability i'm going to cancel plastic from my life that's not possible that's not possible unless and until you are living in a very privileged ecosystem where going completely plastic free is an option it's about integrating it with the lifestyle i personally feel and i feel like doing that and i think about having these confrontational conversations with people who are close to you uh, about the things that are that matter to you and telling them that why you believe in it and having constant negotiation it is a tough thing but we are not at a time where we can choose or pick a battle but also being being kind to myself and being forgiving to myself for not being able to do it 100% all the time if i'm doing this it's also okay to maybe sometimes not do that so very interesting like conversation that we were having when i was in this permaculture farm where i was talking to you about gorubathan uh, where we were talking about you know so there is this lazy thinker and this active thinker Uh, mm-hmm. apparently like 75% of the people are lazy thinkers where um where it's almost like the 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 armchair activism mm-hmm. right we are talking about a lot of things but you don't really do anything about it uh and there's this active thinker where you talk about things and you do do something about it and i think i'm i'm a believer of armchair activism as well it is definitely better than no activism I think even if it is 75% now maybe a part of it will become like 5% will convert to active thinkers and that conversion is very important for us and you know this is something that has been a constant point of pain and struggle for me i have gone through major emotional trauma because of 
everything that I see out there, like there is so much hate and divisive politics. Why is it becoming more and more about us versus them? That sort of a thing, like this sort of narrative that is being spread is is very dangerous. At the end of the day, what happens with divisive politics is we just forget that at the other end of the table, there's just a human being Mm. who also is capable of love, capable of understanding, empathy. This is dangerous. You're right, because it just drives people to two polarities. It's just, it's so extreme that they're not even ready, that we're not even ready to sit at the same, sit on the same table and have a discussion about things. We can just do our bit and we can participate in whatever way we can be as responsible, as empathetic as possible. The recent U.S. elections did give me a lot of hope. There are beautiful things happening, but there are some sad things happening as well. Yeah, I I always remember what Anne Frank wrote in her diary, which was that there is so much, uh, so many bad things happening, but I feel like human beings are actually capable of being very, very good. And I know it's a very idealistic way of looking at things, but I want to believe that we are all born kind. It's just that life does so much to people. There's so much brainwashing, conditioning, so many things that kind of add to our exterior. But at the core of everyone, everyone just wants to be loved and everyone wants to feel like they belong somewhere. Yeah, the beauty of humans exist, but the ugliness of it is is the society. You know, Mm. where we have created these things around us to create a structure around us, which is just benefiting a few and not really accommodating the actual diversity of human population. So I guess like all we have to do is just live a kind life and live a life that we feel is has some kind of uh, meaning. And that's about it. I mean, that's all I think I can control or you can control or we can control. And that's how I have started approaching things, you know, like what are the things that I can control? And maybe I'll focus my energies and completely channelize all my energies into that. Instead of feeling so, so exhausted and frustrated with everything around me, which I definitely can't control. I also feel like there is a lot of power in small acts of kindness. You Mm -hmm. do one nice thing to one person and that person will probably not end up having a bitter day. They might do something nice for another person. And that's how kindness sort of snowballs and becomes this thing, this all pervasive thing. And that's how we spread love. And I think at an an individual level, at least this is one thing that we can just keep, keep doing. Absolutely. Okay, so I have one last question. Okay, if you could go back to your home, if you could look at yourself, meet yourself as a child again, maybe meet your 10-year-old self, what Mm -hmm. would you tell her? I would tell her to not be afraid, to actually be as brave, to not think about what people are thinking, to not think about what family would think, to not think about anyone else, but what gives her real joy and things will fall into place. You don't have to worry about things. You don't have to worry about the right job, the right career, the right partner, the right city, nothing. You just do your thing. You just focus on being brave and doing your own thing. And things will fall into place. 
Simple. Oh, I want to hug the ten-year-old Abira. <laughs> what would you say to yourself? I would actually just be very, very kind towards myself because I feel like I didn't have that. Like, I I really needed to be held by someone and to just really be loved and told that you are mm-hmm. fine the way you are. Yes, there are a lot of things that you can work on. It will happen with time, but please. enjoy and and rejoice in all the things that you have you you're a great child i feel like i would just go back and give myself some validation i grew up with a deficiency of a lot of things and one of them was you know self worth i feel like i didn't have that enough so i would just go and give myself like a lot of positive reinforcement and doses of love and then you know i'll end up feeling better about myself <laughs> you know what we can do right now Uh, exactly what we would have done to that ten-year-old self. Yeah, we can control that, and we do have the present in control right now, and we can change things. Yeah, I actually just literally gave myself a hug. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. This was kind of Thank like you. This this kind of enriched my soul a little bit. I'm so glad you're doing this, and I just love. whatever you do and whenever you do it i don't yeah i i i didn't want these podcast episodes to be like our social media feeds but so this was so much fun thank you thank you for coming over i'll see you again okay i mean i'll see you soon i'll speak to you soon yes okay, okay. bye bye